0: I'm Jamie O'Hane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide all right um welcome to the embedded Beans podcast i'm Jamie O'Kane, um and we um help clients um, have confidence around their tax and accounting um making it work for them and not against them today on the podcast we have julie Holonga. i love julie's bio it's seven fun facts you gave me bullet points <laughs> I can't tell you how happy this makes me. (laughs) Cause usually it's like paragraphs with long words. And I'm just like, guys, I can't read out loud. So just (laughs) bear with me. So Julie is a speaker and leadership training trainer, developing leaders to build the communication skills. They were never taught in school. Recently, Julie gave her first TEDx talk, TEDx Cherry Creek, Colorado. That's awesome. Don't let your words sabotage your career. That's probably very poignant for a lot of us right now. Um, she grew up in Paris, India, Hong Kong, and New York. And then somehow you landed in golden,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which is my hometown.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: Um, her favorite job until now was working at Harvard university, helping executives to supercharge their careers. She earned her MBA at Boston college at night, fueling herself on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches while pregnant with her first child was their pickles though.
1: No, because Uh, that sounds a bit disgusting. I do love pickles. <laughs>
0: I do. Too. Uh, one of our referral partners, um, a, a attorney here in in um, in the tech center, they sent this box of pixel pickles, like as Christmas gifts. And so, like this box Ooh. of pickles shows up at my door, and I'm like, I'm like texting my dad, "Did you send pickles?" <laughs> He's like, not us. And I open it, and it was like two huge jars of three herds, huge awesome. jars of pickles and like Bloody Mary mix. Ooh, and I was like, why? Why do you know me so well? And thank you. Yeah. And I love this. <laughs> um, and the company is called, and not sponsored. It's called the Real Dill. Oh, that's like, awesome. These are my people. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna have to look them up. Yes. Um, so Julie has a distinction of being one of 30 global master trainers with Emergenetics. And a decade ago, Julie took a leap of faith. Faith starting her own leadership practice today, she has helped over 3,000 professionals to communicate more effectively, increase productivity, and get out of their own way. <laughs> <laughs> we just all, that's just really kind of the theme for all business owners. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Julie. I am glad our friend stacy Todman um, introduced us. Um, y'all can find stacy on the podcast. I don't know. few months ago 60 (laughs) episodes ago
1: um so Julie tell us what was your first job my first job outside of babysitting because I hated babysitting making two dollars an hour I really nice kids I just hated it Uh Uh, but my first job was teaching swimming to little kids uh it was it was a lot of fun and at the time, I thought making 20 bucks for half an hour of work was fantastic. It didn't. Was pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fantastic. I didn't quite, you know, at 15, put the connection that it was twice a week. So that really was only $40. So <laughs> no, $20 a half an hour is great if you're working eight hours a day. But right. That's yeah, funny. that took a couple of years to kind of make that yeah. connection. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I was talking about waiting tables. I was actually talking to my, uh, my staff this last week. We were, we had a little holiday party and I was like, yeah, I waited tables for a really long time. I would just stack the cash. Cause that's when people's like tipped in cash and I would right, just right. stack the cash up on my dresser until my mom was yes. like, I'm going to need you to go to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just leave that the laying around. It making me very nervous. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, Meh, I know how much is in there. It's, fine. Yeah. it's all good. It's like, I feel like I had more money than at least like visually had yes, more money than I could
1: see it. Yes, I agree. Um, so give us the rundown on your career journey. Sure. So I, uh, graduated from college and, um, my mom and I had grown up I've spent high school years in New York, just outside New York city. So I finished college. I worked still coaching, uh, swimming at that point didn't have a job, but uh, moved back home to New York. And uh, one of my really close friends still to this day, uh, we were chatting one day and she said, you know, she had got an apartment in Boston and it had this tiny little room and they weren't supposed to have a third roommate, but she said, why don't you come to Boston? You're such, you're just not a New Yorker. Like come to Boston. That was it. I was like, okay, sure. sure why, not? why not? I got nowhere else to be. Rent was 300 bucks a month how can you go wrong? But the room was so small that it literally fit a full-size bed without any room on either side for like a nightstand or anything. Um, And I had a a tiny space for like a little uh, closet that I bought unfinished furniture. Anyone who, you know, was in Boston in the mid nineties, I was a big thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so Moved there and decided, well, I'm in Boston, you know, I gotta work for Harvard. Like where else would I work? And why not? Just why not just start applying for jobs? And really, you know, I look back now, it makes me laugh. I was applying for jobs that people needed five, six, ten years of experience. <laughs> and I had been a swim coach. So um, of course know. that's what I should apply for. Uh, and then started realizing that I needed to something wasn't working and started talking to a few people and was introduced to one after the other after the other you know sort of what I now teach people about mm. networking um, and eventually took a job working at uh, Harvard University in their fundraising department uh, and was there for three years and left and worked at what I call a startup from but in a fundraising space and was working at a high school an experiential high school it was really cool I got to meet some really interesting people. Um, and uh, and while I was there, I decided I wanted to, to get my MBA. And so applied to Boston College, got in. And one of my first or second classes was an organizational development class. And my professor, just this awesome guy who worked at one of the research centers at Boston College and one night, you know, I was going to school at night and one night after class. So it's like 930 at night. I've been going since like eight o'clock in the morning. And uh, I I said to him, you know, I'm really interested in learning more about what it is that you guys do as a Center for Corporate Citizenship. And so it was a, we had a couple of conversations, and I eventually took a job working at that center, which was great because then my tuition was fifty dollars a class instead of two or three thousand, wow. which was awesome. And through that process, I really delved into uh, employees and what companies were doing to attract, to retain, and advance their employees. And one of my colleagues there left Boston College and went to Harvard Business School and a couple months after she'd gotten there you know she reached out let's have lunch and it was a longer conversation but eventually I went and worked with her at the business at Harvard Business School on an initiative looking at women in the workforce so it just kept narrowing down what I really was passionate about and helping people think about their careers because I realized I had started off my career sort of just throwing things out there, not knowing what I was doing, doing everything wrong. Yeah. And and I loved the work that I was doing. And while I was at the business school, really was focusing on the careers of women and in particular women who were in transition. So maybe they had left their um, careers to take care of ailing parents. Maybe they were a trailing spouse or they were taking care of kids mm-hmm. and really loved that. And through that process, started talking to the undergrads who are excuse me, the graduate students who were setting the world on fire. You know, this is 2006, 2007, you know, their bonuses for their first jobs were obscene. Mm -hmm. And then I would see them, you know, spend about, the research was showing us, they would spend 11 months looking for that first job out of once they graduated from getting their MBA, including their summer internship. And then they would spend 10 months in that first job. And then they would move on to the next one. And they never were able to really build that relationship capital because they were just moving on to the next thing. Now it was the time, you know, like I said, the sign-in bonuses were huge. You know, Let me go after the sexiest thing. And, and it was easy for them to jump. But then what was happening for the women is then they were having kids and people didn't really know them well enough to say, yeah, of course we're from home a couple of days a week or have a condensed schedule, or you don't need to do spontaneous travel because they hadn't built up that capital. Mm -hmm. And I found that just fascinating. And so (laughs) those women ended up leaving the workforce. And what, what an awful thing to happen. These talented, brilliant women were leaving because they couldn't figure out what to do, but they weren't necessarily talking to their boss about trying to figure out what to do. And uh, after we lived in Boston, I, I, my husband's Canadian, we moved to Canada, and my kids were really young at the time, I still wanted to continue to work it. I think I'm a better mom when I'm working. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And I started working with two alumni from the Harvard Business School who had started a company supporting women who had taken career breaks. Oh, and again, awesome. yeah, it was awesome. And and now they're they're, Definitely one of the foremost experts in that space. And what I realized was when I would have a really good day, it's when I was talking to people and advising them or asking them questions, whether it was the women who had left the workforce and coming back in or the companies at the time, it was a lot of Wall Street firms, the big four accounting firms who were trying to recruit them or what we used to say, re recruit them, like bring them back into them. Yeah, And those, that was yeah. And that, yeah, I love that. I was so energized. It didn't matter if I had been up in the night with one of the kids or, you know, was, um, you know, stressed and way because I was so energized by having those conversations. So when we then moved here to, um, Denver, I thought, okay, well, you know, I spent all my time advising other people on their careers and, and asking them all the hard questions, but what is it that I really love to do? Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment that I realized I want to become a coach. I want to not only advise people, but ask them those hard questions and pull it out of them. Yeah. yeah. And so it's almost been nine years now that I started my practice and always knew that I wanted to work with women because you know, from that experience working at Harvard Business School, but also I have a daughter and I want her choices to be endless and yeah. be the same as her brothers, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now when she enters the workforce. And so that's really been my my area of passion having said that I love diversity in my work so I love working with teams and helping them understand how they're communicating and (laughs) most of the time what they're doing to to annoy each other Mm -hmm. um, to create conflict and and then you know I grew up in a family of attorneys and you know we I joke around that you know I sat at the dinner table and understood originations and matters and engagements and clients and, Mm -hmm. you know, referral sources. I knew all that language and (laughs) realized when I started my business, that there were the distinct points when it comes to accountants, attorneys, professional services, Mm -hmm. these distinct points in their careers where they need help. Right. So they want to go from being an associate to a senior associate. They want to go from being senior associate to a manager or, to a director, or they want to become partner, and then they want to become equity partner. There are certain things that need to happen to get them to that next space, that next level. And so, it, from a business perspective, it made sense to me. I feel like I'm revealing everything right now. I love but, it. You're good. <laughs> yeah, it um, it made sense to me from a business perspective. Okay, like I can get in there for the long term, and that's what I really love is going inside a firm and working understanding the culture, understanding, you know, what the organization, what makes the organization tick, you know, mm-hmm. not every firm is the same. And no matter, you know, people think, oh, well, if you're with a small size firm, it's the same. No, it's different. And really understanding the culture, how they recognize people, how, who are the people that are successful and continue to rise up? What are the characteristics and really help them as, as, you were introducing, you know, get out of their own way, right. help them communicate really effectively, help them build their practices. Mm. And, and I love doing that work and helping them because they know what they want. Like people also ask, why do you want to work with accountants and attorneys work? Well, Cause they know what they want and they'll go after it and they yeah, tend to be yeah. driven. That's and, very true. Yeah. So from my perspective as a, leadership trainer and a coach like of course that's who I want to work with
0: <laughs> yeah I always it's so funny you know you, you know very similarly you know I found that like I get energy out of like helping people like deep diving into their tax situation wanting to know where they're going they need to know that right right um and you know saying okay this is how we structure things and this is how we like move you forward and like the advising and the telling people like what to do to move forward. Like that's what also energizes me. I mean, obviously we're here on this podcast, right. Right. Um, but that's what energizes me. And as a, like, as a crack tax professional, it's really hard to do the work, but also do that piece. Right. Right. So it was very much a journey for me to be like, okay, we need to start with planning. Right. Right. And we right. work with people that want to start with planning. Yes. Because yeah. That's how we create the relationship. That's exactly. how we actually like get what they want out of them. Right. 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 Instead of me constantly being like, I don't know if you should do that. <laughs> what do you want? Right. Stop asking me if you should do something because I don't know what your right. goal is. But it's a hard question nice for them here. to answer. Don't you yeah, think? Don't you try? Like, yeah. To I've say, had, what do you want? I've had a lot of situations where I would ask that question and people will just give me a blank like, Look, like, mm-hmm. what are we planning for? What are we planning around? Totally. And I always say, you totally. know, tax planning without our purpose is pretty much useless generally, yeah, you know, yeah. great. You saved the money. What are you gonna do with it now? Yes. Oh, we put you in the wrong entity because that's, you want something else. Yes. Than what I just saved you. for. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But yeah. when we do those exercises and it's like goal-based, I know my clients even better. Right. I'm like, hey, we just saved you a ton of money. Right. You're gonna love us forever. It's gonna be a great relationship. Yeah. You know, and it really does kind of set that like advisory level. Yes. Um, relationship totally. instead of like you just give us tax returns. Yeah. So um yeah, I think it was massive mind shift though for me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it took me a while to be like, what is it that's fun for yeah. me? You know, or where am I best utilized or
1: you right. know. But also i would imagine makes you stand out jamie from your competitors
0: yeah it does yeah. and i like how you put competitors in quotes because there's yes. so many of them at this point
1: yeah uh yeah <laughs> bob down
0: the street does not do what i do <laughs> no you can sit in front of him and get your doctor turned done. though, probably yeah mm-hmm. he's not going to talk to you about it though yeah
1: yeah
0: exactly. um so uh, da, 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 da. So you talk about people missing the essential skills to be great leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are those essential skills?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's so funny when, when I am reading or talking to people, you know, there, there are a couple of things that I see as those key skills. Mm-hmm. And often people are like, really, that's it. Like, I know you want like some big, like mind blowing thing, but it's no. the simplest of things. So I always talk to people, it's like, I mean, I look at things like for me, my answer is the umbrella is communications, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? If you can communicate effectively, if you can listen to people, like truly, truly listen, you know, we have a friend who, um, he's a great friend, but I, I will be talking to him and I start to see him literally vibrating, like, you know, jumping, like literally coming out of his seat because he can't wait for me to stop talking so he can start talking. So that's not listening. It, so yeah, that's not for you. No, that's not what we're talking about. You know, truly uh-huh. listening to someone. So, one of the things I, I say to people if you want to truly make someone feel heard and show them that you're listening, ask them a follow up question. Mm-hmm. People are like, really? That's so easy. Yeah, but people don't do it. Mm-hmm. So, that demonstrates I've heard what you said. I'm interested in what you're saying. So, listening communicating, I call it the titanium rule. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all know the golden rule. Many of us have heard the platinum rule, like treat others the way they, they want to be treated. So I brought it to another whole level, titanium of speak to others the way they need to be spoken to. Mm-hmm. So what is the information? I'm going to convince you, Jamie, to buy something I'm selling mm-hmm. or to give me, increase my budget mm-hmm. for my marketing program or something like that. I have to think to myself, what is it that Jamie needs to hear so she's going to agree to this? Mm -hmm. So I I talk about that. Also thinking about how you're, the message that you're putting out. So a lot of times, you know, we talk about executive presence, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to get people to trust you if you're planting a seed of doubt, right? So that's what I talk about in my TEDx talk is the words that we use that undermine ourselves all the time. So why am I going to by your services if you're telling me well i'm not really the best you know jamie's better than i am we're or just going just to that's the one that's the one <laughs> I'm always backspacing that's that me. one yes yeah mhm mm-hmm. i wish we could delete like bring words back into our mouths but yeah
0: well and i think yeah. that speaks to women and the way that we're taught to navigate the world mm-hmm. by qualifying all of our statements.
1: completely Yeah. I call it prefacing, right? Like instead of owning up to your greatness. I was listening to uh, a webinar yesterday and they were talking about women don't acknowledge their successes.
0: They don't celebrate them. Oh, that one is very true. And it hurts a little. Yeah.
1: That one hits home. Like I I was talking with Stacey Taubman, our mutual connection mm-hmm. last week, and I was telling her, you know, I've had a great year this year, which is, mm-hmm. I was shocked about, like it's COVID and I couldn't travel and I couldn't do the business development that I normally do. And, but I've had the best, I, I had 30% growth this year. Wow. And the next thing out of my mouth, and Jamie, I teach people this was, well, you know, I know this is weird for me to say. And Stacey was like, absolutely not. <laughs> you go girl. How much did you make last year? How much did you make this year? What was your spending? Like, she's like, no, you celebrate that. And uh. Yeah, and it's not it hard. It's hard, but it sort of it was such like a slap in the face because like, yeah, I teach women this. What am I doing? <laughs> we're not, we're not our own best coaches, Julie. Come on. <laughs> oh, no, we are most definitely not. Which but is this, why like, I always say idea of like, should... I'm not gonna undermine myself. Yeah. I'm not gonna no, yeah. I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna celebrate it. I love that piece. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really good at what I do. You know, like so th- that's what you know, Stacy was pulling out of me. So so to answer your question, like the, the three biggest things that I see is Mm -hmm. communicate, like I said, speak to people the way they want to be spoken to Mm -hmm. be a great listener and think about the presence that you're putting out there. Now I know of some clients who are like, oh, I hate that term executive presence or, uh, and so I say, okay, you, you call it whatever you want. Um, so a lot of my clients will just think about who do I want to be as a leader? You know, Mm -hmm. what do I want people to see me as? What do I want people to, 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 what do I want people to say about me when I'm not in the room? Yeah. What do you want people to feel?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a yeah. hard one. Um, and that's the one I have the hardest time because I I was in a traditional firm for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Everybody was micromanaged and you weren't allowed to be human. Yeah. Um, and so that's one that I've like been re- re- reprogramming
1: mm-hmm.
0: for the last many years. <laughs> you know, we're just, we're reprogramming, pre- reprogramming that. People get yes. teeth people. Yes. You know, we get to make mistakes. We get to have children running around in the background. We get to have dogs barking. Like people get to be people. Yes. Um, and it's just when we show up like that, are you allowed to be show up like that? It's very different. It's a very very different, so much
1: better out of people that way.
0: Yeah. Because you like see them.
1: Yes. Um,
0: So, so what are the top ways people can learn these skills? You know, which is kind of the steps for those big.
1: Yeah. So what I see with my clients, I have some clients who will hire me and, and they want to go through training. They want to have one-on-one coaching sessions. They want every single book, article, podcast, conference, TED talk, everything they want. Give me it all. I see. And I have, yeah. And I have other clients who will say, um, I'm not going to read the book. And I love their honesty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I read the book. Fair enough. Like um, you can see in the background, my bookcase, this is what has been read. What you can't see is the stack of books over here that has not been read. Uh There you go. Many of these were gifted. Yeah. The
0: business ones.
1: Yes. I cracked open like two of them. Yeah. That's that's what I hear from the majority of my clients. One of those
0: it yep. went to Mexico with me. It went to Florida with me. It went to San Diego with me. It went, it, it's been pretty much around the United World States. traveler.
1: Yeah.
0: You know how much of it I've read? Like three pages.
1: Yeah. I don't, I. It, is it, water have a little water stain on it so it looks like it's been uh, read. It might have some tequila on it from Mexico.
0: Because <laughs> it was bag. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that that's what I look can't. at. Yeah. Like I look at myself, like I'll go read the book.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like if my client requests something, I will, that's the book I'll read. Mm -hmm. So my, I have a couple of clients who have asked for more on executive presence. Mm -hmm. And so right now I'm reading Amy Cuddy's book um, presence, which Mm -hmm. I love. I've heard good things about that one too. Yeah. Yeah. So then I translate for them and I teach them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I have some clients who will read. I have some clients who will do. So they want to be taught the skills and then they want to find an opportunity to practice it. Mm-hmm. And it really depends on the learner. There's some people who want to talk it out with others. There are other people who want to do the research and try it out on themselves for themselves. Mm-hmm. There are other people that want like a step-by-step, first do this, then do this, then do this. And then there are other people that like, okay, you can teach me, but then I'm going to just, it'll happen. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's kind of similar to how people... Train for a marathon, right? There's some people who are gonna have that regimented: on Monday at 7 a.m. I do this; on Tuesday at 7 p.m. I do this. And then there are people who are like, "I gotta get in uh, three runs this week. It'll happen." And mm-hmm. that works for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And then there's those of us that are like, mm-hmm.
1: "No marathon. <laughs> no, not gonna do that.
0: No. Yeah, exactly. Not even gonna happen." Yeah. Uh, from the girl who did a Spartan Beast. Whoa, uh, that's impressive. Three years ago, never. owned never can. <laughs> That was so painful it just hurts to think to about know. it yeah so
1: take it off the list yeah okay. or do
0: the do the short one there's like a okay. two or three mile one okay um I don't know how I got talked into the beast <laughs> that was also the as you I said yes to things that were like super like things I would usually say no to like a yeah. podcast yeah <laughs> um so it worked out in some ways that we worked out for me in some ways and not in others really yeah fair enough so your focus is on attorney CPAs and women leaders. Mm-hmm. Can, can we talk about like why? I mean, women leaders make a lot of sense. And you kind of talked about that, you know, when yeah. you give us your career journey. Um, I, I'm just I'm still laughing at you saying that you were applying for jobs with like five to ten years of experience. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. that is like the antithesis of what of what most women do, because most of us right. would see that and be like, oh, I don't have that. But most men would be like Pfft, yeah. I am the bee's knees. I'm a I yeah. am a shoein. I've never yeah. even seen this industry, but yeah, I've done such and such for 20 years. Therefore, I'm really good at all the things.
1: Yes, everything. Um, and yeah. that
0: comes from experience of being yelled at by those guys about accounting. And I'm like, you're a salesperson. <laughs> I know you think I'm only 22 because I am only 22, but I know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes. So, but why attorneys and CPAs? I think that's like, that's the most interesting one to me. Um, Mostly just because I spend a lot of time in the industry, but. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Well, so like I said, you know, I grew up in a household of, and a family of attorneys. Mm -hmm. Well, what I see is that there's so much opportunity there because they went to school to learn a specific skill, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't go like, you know, I went to a liberal arts, small liberal arts school in upstate New York. I was a French major, like. Don't really, I had a temp job once, I used that, but I don't use that on a regular basis. But for accountants, attorneys, people in professional services, they have been schooled in a particular skill and they continue to get, you know, they have to get their CPEs and their CLEs and they get advanced degrees, you know, yeah. and-
0: Yeah, so before all this, I was bitching to Julia about the new, yes. co- <laughs> the new
1: stuff, yeah. Stuff, yeah. stuff going on. Right, up. exactly, so like constantly-
0: Because I'm, I'm so tired this year from all the Yeah, I
1: think I've done yes. 45 hours already. In this year, buddy, in this year yeah, alone. And I have another yeah. 20
0: coming, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So your focused learning is on the specific technical aspect of your job, mm-hmm. right? And so from my perspective, you've never, you know, th- that's such a huge opportunity for me because you've never spent the time to focus on the leadership skills yeah. that have to happen, right? Whether it's relating with your colleagues, you're working on, you know, you have a mutual client or you're dealing with a really difficult client. How do you have that difficult conversation? What if you're in conflict with a client, like, I mean, in almost a decade of business, I've only fired two clients and one of whom came back around and refers clients to me with have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an op- it was an opportunity for me because I saw that the skills were needed. And so often I hear from my clients like, I didn't go to school for this. Can't you just, you go give her feedback. You tell Jamie that she did it wrong. And I was like, no, 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 I'll no, I'll teach you how to do it. Um, so I see that as an opportunity. So oftentimes firms will bring me in sometimes more and more so now than, you know, nine years ago when I started my practice, mm-hmm. then it was come in and help our associates or our new partners build up their practice, teach mm-hmm. them those skills. And then what would come out would be like, you know what, I'm not managing my time. Well, I'm not billing enough or I'm billing so much. I'm not building, you know, they couldn't figure it out or, You know, I'm managing, I was a manager and now I'm a partner and now I got to lead a team of associates who are my peers at one point. You know, there's all of these technicalities that are involved. Mm -hmm. I would say in the last two or three years, I'm hearing more from prospects, hey, we need help developing the whole accountant. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, it depends. That's got to be newer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I I'm really happy. That's really see.
0: and I and I'm and I'm I'm excited that the industry is going that way. Yeah. Um. You know, I came from a middish size firm. Mm-hmm. Um. I was thrown into tax manager. I didn't know how to lead people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The partner didn't know how to lead people, yeah. and I just did what she did, and then that didn't work, right? Of course, not, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, I had to learn how to lead people, um, or I had to learn how to manage people, yeah, and I had to learn how to manage different personality types, and exactly, like, I couldn't just hand everybody like what was done the prior year and I can expect them to follow it because not everybody learns that way just because because I learned that way doesn't mean everybody else learns that way
1: but that's the misconception right that most people think like oh well I was brought up this way so therefore
0: right and that's like firm culture stuff right
1: um so it's really
0: hard to be a leader and to Mm -hmm. you know lead clients or help clients or advise clients in a place where like I'm just constantly, you know, you're just constantly micromanaged or micromanaged, 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 micromanaged. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I just don't know, you know, we don't know which way is up today. Which way is it going to be? And so that's been like, I always say like, that's been like my head trash around being a leader, you know, is trying to like be consistent Mm -hmm. about how I treat my staff, um, trying not to micromanage people, but also being like, hi, I need this thing.
1: Yeah. Right. Where is it? Right. So, how do you like, how do you motivate them? How do you get them to do what you need them to do? Yeah. But also understanding, and you said it before like, everyone's different. Everyone's yeah. motivated by something different. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's why I'm in business and have yes. a successful practice of because of exactly that. So, yeah, I'm glad that is. that's your. <laughs> I was here.
0: <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm, no, I'm, sorry. Glad, I'm glad you're working around some head trash shaming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because. Um, I do a really good job of hiring people that want to be micromanaged, mm-hmm. and then I don't, and then everything goes sideways, and it's like, right, okay. yeah, okay, you got to go, yeah, because I have other things
1: to do. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and, and micromanage th- you. <laughs> yeah, and kind of setting expectations and understanding. Like I, I give this great example. One of my clients was um, he had a team of sixty some odd people around North America. He had five direct reports here in Denver and they were all in one hallway. And one day he walked down, he told me this, he walked down and went into, um, we'll call him Tim, Tim's office and said, I've got a great opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. Gave him like two or three minutes of details and said, listen, I'm here, ask me any questions, but this is really a great opportunity for you. Because my client was thinking, hey, know it's going to give him visibility it's a really interesting client a Mm -hmm. high profile like all the pieces right Mm -hmm. and he you know this is over some time but Mm -hmm. for story purposes i've succinct it he left tim went ballistic called his wife and said he did it again he just dumped the shit on me excuse me Right. You can see and my, cl- podcast. Right. Okay. okay, good. good. No worries. But my client was thinking like, I was doing something good. I was giving him this opportunity. I was giving him something exciting to do. I was giving him visibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But it did not land that well. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks later, he walked down that same hallway, went into Stacy's office. We, we'll call her Stacy. Basically the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got a great opportunity for you. A different opportunity than Tim's. Mm-hmm. Great opportunity for you here's what it's about. Here are the deadlines. I'm here as your resource. Let me know what you need. Mm-hmm. And Stacy was beside herself, like called her husband ecstatic. It finally happened yet. Yeah. You know, like was so happy They, you know, they went out and celebrated and the exact same conversation to high performers. And it landed two completely different ways.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's what i work so now you know then i had to have the conversation and do a lot of digging to understand what went wrong there Mm -hmm. what went right with stacy what went wrong Mm -hmm. with Tim. Tim. Mm -hmm. yeah and i use a tool called emergenetics which you talked about when you introduced me which is a tool that looks at how we prefer to think and behave and it really just simplifies how we interact with each other Mm -hmm. and so with tim that started to go down this example down a road of conflict it's the conflict started escalating and he started Tim started getting angrier and angrier at my client you're dumping stuff on me like right that was not his intention whatsoever and what we realized through Emergenetics was that Tim needed a lot more specifics what's the deadline what are the milestones along the way Mm -hmm. what are your expectations of me he wanted those parameters set Mm -hmm. Tim didn't have the Understanding the insight to ask those questions. And my client didn't have the insight to even realize that he should give it that way because that's not how, how he mm-hmm. likes to be managed. Yeah. So he purposely was like, I'm not going to micromanage him. I'm not going to do it. So he didn't. Now with Stacy, she liked being able to figure things out and, and kind of do it on her own. And so he could give her a higher level, big picture yeah. introduction. She, she and that was enough. She yeah. has more of that
0: dominant personality. Mm-hmm. Or she's just like, I got it. I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, I'll figure it out. And it's not to say that Stacy or Tim are more successful or one's better than the other. It's just understanding what the other one means.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it really, I love this tool. I could talk for hours about that, but I love, I love being it. able to to understand and simplify it, right? And yeah. n- know, okay, this is how Stacy's going to show up in the world. This is how Tim's going to show up in the world.
0: My husband, actually, we laugh about our, I love, I mean, any personality test, I'm your girl. Like, this is just always so freaking fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, Because I'm that data person. Um, yeah. But my husband's company, he used to work for a big national corporation, international corporation, and they did yeah. Emergenetics. And okay. They, they did it, and my husband's an engineer. So they did it in, in the engineering department. And he's like, yeah, we were all green. Yeah, of course. Big spice. Yeah. He's like, there was like two non-greens, and they were managers. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. And that's why you and HR don't get along. Yeah, you're right. You that's don't speak the same language. Y- y'all can never, you could never figure anything out with HR and you have to copy me out in the emails. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. But that's what I find so fascinating with these tools is that, um, you know, I've done work with engineering firms. I, I actually trained um, 212 nurses in Maryland a couple of years ago. And the assumption was, oh, we're going to be all, we're people. We're all about the people. We're going to have a social preference. Mm-hmm. and it turned out that it wasn't the case yes some of them did mm-hmm. but not all of them and it didn't matter it didn't mean they're good or bad nurses and that's what I love too is sort of that like we have these preconceived notions that someone's going to be a certain way and show up a certain way but that's not true
0: mm-hmm. necessarily
1: all the time yeah so I think that's pretty cool I find that that's really cool yeah. um
0: that's really funny okay I'm all we're kind of all over the place but that's fun <laughs> so
1: tell us about your TED talk sure so I I will fully admit that this was the fourth time I had applied to speak at, at three different that's really TED. common. that's really yeah. common I hear yes yes and I have a, a good friend um it took her six times to, to get on stage Mm -hmm. on that red dot. Um, but I knew this was a story that needed to be shared. And and the talk is about using powerful language and being aware of the language that we use to undermine ourselves, which we talked about with just Mm -hmm. only. So I talk about, well, everyone needs to go listen to it, of course, but, um, we'll we'll drop it in the awesome. Yeah. But I give people tips on what not to say and then what to say instead. So, For me, that was really important was not just raise awareness, but okay, what do I do with this? How do Mm -hmm. I do something else? But the fascinating thing was that this was I almost didn't apply because I applied this summer, you know, amidst COVID quarantine and restrictions, and I thought, ah, it's not going to be that much fun, and who knows, this is actually going to happen. I don't want to do it sitting in my home office and that's not what, I, that's not the experience I'm looking for. Um, mm. And it was such an amazing experience uh, regardless. And it, really the organizers of TEDx Cherry Creek, just, they know what they're doing. They are experts about this and they just created this environment of support and less than 48 hours before my talk, uh, we were supposed to have seven people, guests in the audience, you know, family and friends and less than 48 hours before him, they let us know that that wasn't going to happen. Just, it was too risky. They didn't want to put themselves and us at risk with, with the pandemic and the numbers rising. And so I stood in this beautiful auditorium with these massive lights shining on me. So even if I had had an audience there, I would not have seen them now, yeah. um, but it was such a cool experience anyway. And my uh, you know, it, it was live stream. So my son who is living in the, in Boston at the time uh, on that day was, was able to watch it live. My daughter and my husband were in the parking lot. So I knew that they were, you know, close and uh, you know, it's such a great experience. I think we've all had those experiences in life where like, there's no way I could do it. Like my cousin called and was like, I could never do what you do. And So we talked about like, well, you have your red dot that you can stand on. It's not going to be a TED talk, but it's something else that you can do. And it's so funny since it's been just about a month since I gave the talk that, uh, you know, that I have this whole new perspective, like that was hard. That was nerve wracking. This not, yeah, it used to be nerve wracking, but not anymore. Like, (laughs) you know, I I don't feel my leg shaking. So, okay, we're good.
0: Hopefully this podcast is not hard. <laughs> no, no,
1: this is fun.
0: This yeah, is this, fun. I mean, this is easy. Yeah, tech talk no, was like, fun, but speaking is. Um, and I always say, like, put me straight smack in front of the camera and like expect me to like not talk to people, and I am a disaster. <laughs> like straight up disaster. Like even if there's something behind the
1: camera, like looking yeah. at me, this is whatever. I just freeze. There's, there's, but that's so common. There's something about having that screen and and the camera and yeah it's real but I'll tell you that in uh, business school I took a class on writing and speaking and so we had to obviously do a lot of that um dating myself here I still have that VHS tape that I have not looked at you know where you were supposed to re- watch every week your recording and figure out what you were going to do differently and I well no you know, 18 well, years later still have not watched it <laughs>
0: I don't watch my own podcasts. I tell you all the time, I was there. Yeah. Not I was I re- there. Not that I really remember, but I yeah. was there. Yes. Uh, I don't need to analyze. Nope. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah. for when we started the podcast, I was watching them in the beginning and like helping with edits and stuff. But now that I have my Emily, Emily, my lovely VA, she reviews yeah. them and I'm just like,
1: that's awesome. Yes.
0: I get it to host. And then pretend like it's not a thing. Yeah.
1: Um, All
0: right. Uh, Before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way for people to find you?
1: Juliehalanga.com. Easy. Yes. I like it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, So final question. What is the number one way someone
1: can become a better leader today? Awesome. I love that question. So we talked about the Three things that you could do to to be a better leader, but what I would say the biggest thing is to, to stop making up stories in your head and talk to people. Oh, hard. Uh, hard. Oh, it is so hard. Uh, just communicate. Just it talk is so hard. I yeah.
0: actually, I have a client that I felt like we've been in conflict for like a little while. Like they always are just. They're just very direct, which is fine generally. But I was just like, "Yeah, don't like us or whatever." I sat down with them last week, and they're like, "Everything's great. We love you guys." And I was like, "We need to do this more often." What was this? Yes. (laughs) What what, what was the story that you had made up in your head about her? Uh, It was. It was a him Uh, him. or them. Um, Honestly, that they just weren't happy that we weren't doing things they wanted them done. Which I don't really do anyway. We do things our way. Um, (laughs) But that they were just you know, they, 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 tend to be kind of like standoffish and, or just like only when things are a problem, do I ever hear, hear from them? Yeah. Um, so it just, we just didn't, we just don't really have a, like a, like a strong relationship. Like I have with some of my other clients, um, and some of the stuff that we do for them is just kind of out of the box to what we do for other clients. Like we use different software for them and whatever, Right. Yeah, you know, just kind of things that we've just kind of jumped through hoops for them for a while. And we've kind of always just been like, know i don't know how long this is gonna last because it just doesn't really kind of fit in with the rest of the stuff we do but i talked to them last week and they're like totally cool and i was like good yep i'm glad you're cool i'm good
1: like as long as you
0: you know we're you're getting what you need and we're helping you with what you need and you
1: know we're we're good yeah so now you have to remember that jamie right yes
0: Um, you know, and again, that's why we check in with our clients I mean, we were talking before right. we, well, yeah. I think we're recording, but we do, we really talk productions with our clients because like, I at least need to talk to you once a week, once a year, I need to know what's going on. I need to know how the business is. I need to know what babies right. are. I like, I just need to know. Right. You know, cause I can't help you or give you, right. a- you can't
1: serve them as well. Yeah.
0: I can't serve you if I don't know what's going on. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't like being surprised with tax returns with like, oh, I bought five more rentals. <laughs> yeah uh now this is going in the extension pile. <laughs> yeah you know, And then they're like well where's our return on like, well your stuff's kind yeah. of a pain in the ass yeah um but if we had known we would right. have been ready for it totally um so totally. that's why you know we really kind of do things the way we do them because again i don't like those surprises right you know i want to know what i'm walking into
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah Surprises awesome. can be good, like for birthday parties. Right. Um, but not even that. <laughs> not in accounting. <laughs>
0: no. And I love, and I love, you know, the not telling yourself stories is the getting out of your own way.
1: Stuff. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's right. In. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Julie.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie. It's been fun.
0: Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review until next week. Be abundant.